If you know your party's extension, enter it now. Otherwise, stay on the line for this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, more details have been given to me about my involvement with LeakyCon Dallas. I will be doing Potterless Live on Friday, and I will be doing a crossover between Potterless and Pottercast by Melissa Anelli live on Sunday on the freaking main stage, which is hype. I'm currently talking with programming to try to get me on as many panels as possible. But for now, those two things are on the schedule if you are just going for one day and trying to figure out what it is. And if you're only going to be there on Saturday, I will still be at the convention and I'll be able to talk to you. So we'll meet up. We'll say, hey, it'll be great. And also I will be doing a Potterless meetup. Just follow Potterless on social media. I will post about it once I figure out those details. But I hope to see your lovely faces in Dallas in August. And also a week after that from August 13th through 16th, I will be at Podcast Movement in Orlando. Going to be doing a live show for Potterless about the theme parks and going to be doing a panel there. You can check out all the information for that at multitude.production slash live. And speaking of live, you know what keeps the podcast alive? Patreon support, and we have new patrons to welcome to the team, so shout out to Katrina Longo, Paige Kime, Owen Alamang, Morgan Spang, Brandon Books, Mary Kelly, Dario Feeling, Claire, Mariana Diaz, Jill Ansel, Catherine McNeil, Emily Park, Bethan, Laura Similia, Ada Osiren, Kat DeLaus, A. Penn, Emma Oberg, and Andrew Luna, a name correction for Aluban Maleo, Akinwande, Janet Noel Dettili, Rike Jessen, Kelly Maynard, and Imo Sarah. Shout out to Jennifer Wendt, who upgraded to producer-level status, as well as our new producer-level patrons. Patrons, Malin Ilstad Johansson, Anastasia Blake, Jaden Alman, Nedry OS, Matt Barger, Riley Lane, and Ali Huser. They joined the ranks of Vicky Aaron, Jesse, Natalie Clow, Frank Marchismo, Samantha Juan, Abid, Rosemarie, Maria Lisa, Romina, Kamel, Russell, Audra, Eleanor, Sydney, Rosanne, Nikita, Taylor, Ali, Amelia, Sean, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Moster, Angelina, Ross Marie, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Grace, Raul, Ingen, Mari, Alex, John, Noel, Tao, Emily, Robin, Will, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, Hallie, Veronica, Kevin, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday. Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Kerry, Andrea, Ella, Anthony, David, Elisa, Lynn, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Srujanetta, Tumnus, Remy, Matt, Sarah, Nona, Zena, Colleen, Harlan, Sheldrop, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Jenny, Nikki, Kara, Dorcas, Courtney, Kine, Amanda, Sabrina, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Martha, Benjamin, Sky, Mart, Sarah, Peter, Yash, Marta, Stephanie, Justine, Aaron, CJ, Eileen, Violet, Kat, Lindsay, Fielding, Keegan, Miranda, Gail, Mr. Folk, Heather, Adam, Christina, Maya, Zachary, Kieran, Heaven, Callahan, Christy, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Vile, Itzel, Mitch, Al, Topher, Peter, Candy, Skyler, Edel, Kelsey, Ellie, Professor Threat, Kelly, Alubin Maleo, Lena, Daniel, Rebecca, Lidli, Elizabeth, Abby, Lika, Michael, Earmuffs, Kara, Tiffany, Kelly, Nadia, Andrea, Courtney, Sparkle Cat, Kerry, Jamie, Lissy, and Can't I Potter? Who never say good you when someone asks what's up. If you want to be like one of these patrons and get access to bonus episodes, director's commentary, exclusive merchandise, live streams, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into this special bonus episode of Potterless, the live show, the Hufflepuff episode from Multitude Live at the Bell House in New York City. Welcome to Potterless Live. Excuse me just one second. Um, 
Hey, how's it going? Editing Mike here. I'm going to be featured throughout this episode to help you with some things like visual cues, since this is a podcast and it was recorded at a live show. So this laughter, for example, was me fixing my hair after doing my large dramatic dance introduction. I had taken a comb and put it on the little side table next to my chair and... Clearly, it was very funny. Anyway, back to the live show. When I first started Podolos, I released some t-shirts and I promised that whichever house had the most pre-orders, I would uh, do a little special favor for them. And that was to make an episode completely dedicated to that house. And the house which won was Hufflepuff. <laughs> now, Hufflepuff did not just win, Hufflepuff did not just come in first. Hufflepuff doubled Gryffindor. Hufflepuff over doubled Ravenclaw. Hufflepuff quadrupled Slytherin. Which honestly made me feel pretty good about my listenership. Now, I can't just talk about it on my own. I'm gonna have a resident Hufflepuff come to the stage. So, I would love for Eric Schneider to come on and help me talk about Hufflepuff. Have you seen the the, I have no idea where the clicker is. Is it on the tape? It's right here. Please, okay, if I could have the clicker, it's Huffle, so far. Hufflepuffs are great at finding things. <laughs> that, that wasn't a planned bit, that was genuinely just great. So Eric, before we get into Ooh. the Hufflepuff episode, yeah. just uh, what does Hufflepuff mean to you and why, why do you love being a part of this much maligned house? We're, we're down on our luck. And I like, a, I like an underdog story. And I feel like people are coming around, they're realizing Hufflepuffs. There's probably a, a, a story out there somewhere that could be written that shows how great Hufflepuffs really are. Well, let's tell that story today. Let's do it. So in research and preparation for this, I went through the depths of Pottermore, which is an interesting website. <laughs> it's a bad and website. And I read a whole bunch of stuff about, about Hufflepuff as a house, and I tried to find a lot of good things because the whole point of doing this is I personally feel bad for Hufflepuff and that the narrator and JK Rowling are unnecessarily mean to Hufflepuff. Like for no reason, the narrator just dunks and dunks and dunks and dunks on Hufflepuff. I don't know why JK right. Rowling felt compelled. I don't know if she got picked on in school, but she was like, what if I wrote people that I could make fun of? <laughs> then I'll be cool. Like, I don't understand why. And she says that in many ways, Hufflepuff is her favorite house. That's a lie. <laughs> Cannot be true. I don't know if you've read the books, JK, but you are very mean to them, and you wrote them. So I, I tried to find a bunch of stuff on Pottermore, like showing why Hufflepuff was good, and unfortunately, a lot of it is still making fun of Hufflepuff for no reason, but I did my best. So I'm starting just with, with general Hufflepuff stats and descriptions. But one of the first things I found was, quote, according to Hagrid, poor old Hufflepuff has always had a bit of a reputation as a lot of duffers. Just a whole Excellent. lot of duffers. Yeah. But then, thankfully, Pottermore, the website, says this in response to Hagrid. Nevertheless, it ought not to be concluded from the above that Hufflepuffs are dimwits or duffers, though they have been cruelly caricatured that way on occasion. <laughs> You didn't have to do it, JK. Several outstanding brains have emerged from Hufflepuff House over the centuries. These fine minds simply happen to be allied to outstanding qualities of patience, a strong work ethic, and constancy, all traditional hallmarks of Hufflepuff House. Sounds a little bit better, right? Sounds a little better. Mm -hmm. I don't like that they sort of like, 
you know, everyone thinks they're a bunch of dimwits, <laughs> but they're not. We're good. <laughs> so this is, is she negging the house? I don't. It feels is like that's it. what's happening. <laughs> this Pottermore article goes on to say their common room seems to be a genuine joy. You'll notice it uses the word seems. Not sure. That's who, very important. Who could know? <laughs> it's very important because there are four houses and four common rooms, and we only get to go inside three of them. But don't worry, J.K. Rowling has an explanation for you. And this is literally from her. She wrote this on her own. When I first planned the series, I expected Harry to visit all four common rooms during his time at Hogwarts. There came a point when I realized that there was never going to be a valid reason for him to enter the Hufflepuff common room. <laughs> what point? Like, you're in charge like, of the books! Like, you can do it! She just, like, wakes up at 2 a.m. one night, like, in the middle of writing, like, book three, and she's like, He'll never go there. <laughs> He'll never go to Hufflepuff. There will never be a valid reason. <laughs> like, what a specific way to write that. She goes on to say, nevertheless, it is quite as real to me as the other three. And I knew exactly where those Hufflepuffs were going when they headed off towards the kitchens after lessons. Yeah, that's how Hogwarts works. You go to the houses. Like, in her brain, she's like, oh, I know where they're going. So do we. <laughs> Let us see what it looks like. Not a shot. So it goes on, and, and this thing describes it as like seeming pretty nice. It's very yellow. It has a lot of comfortable couches. It's right next to the kitchen. Seems pretty great. I feel like they should have gone there. But alas, we a, did not. A dorm next to the dining hall is choice. It's very important, especially if you were like my school, like where you, you had strict like cafeteria hours. It was like 5.30 to 7.30, you could get dinner. So oh, like, I, I mean, you meant like per dorm. I was oh, like, no, 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 no. very weird. <laughs> I just mean like I would make no, very yeah, strict like 7.28, like yeah. I got to get dinner. Yeah. So I would do that. So let's consider some famous Hufflepuffs, okay. right? Because surely there's got to be a lot of not duffers and not dimwits that have come from this got to be. So this is from a section of Pottermore, which gives like character profiles. It has like every important character from the house. And then you can look up different stats and it gives you descriptions and famous quotes. This is wildly inconsistent across all of the characters. We learn a lot about some, we learn nothing about others. And it's fun because some of the things that you don't learn a lot about and some of the people you don't learn a lot about are very important. But on the flip side, we learn a lot about Ernie McMillan. <laughs> The first Hufflepuff that we'll cover is Helga. You would think that we should learn a whole lot about her. She founded it, right? There should be a whole big expose. Ha ha. <laughs> Joke's on you, Hufflepuff. So her birthday is listed in the stat as medieval era. Her birthday is the medieval era. My birthday is the modern era. <laughs> Constantly happening at all times until a new era starts. So it then moves on to her skills. Her skills include food-related charms, and it says that many traditional Hogwarts recipes originated with her. I guess that's cool. She's a really good chef. I don't know if they didn't have the house elf situation back then or what. Well, bon appetit. <laughs> Hang out with Claire and Brad and all those guys. <laughs> I mean, I think this is fun. This is like a clutch thing in college. I have like the person who makes really good food yeah. outside the cafeteria when you're sick of having like bad overcooked burgers every day in college. Like I get it. It's nice. But then we move on to Helga Hufflepuff's hobbies, which is one is listed and it's cookery. Good old cookery. Which is different than a skill of cooking, I guess. <laughs> All we know about her is she really likes food and she's really good at it. There's a longer quote about it that says, at Hogwarts, Helga Hufflepuff 
was known for her talents and charms and used her remarkable skills for preparing food. And then there was a hyperlink to food on Hogwarts. And I was, I was like, what could this be? <laughs> We're all aware of what food is, right? I really wanted to click it. And then it was just something that was like, you know, the stuff you eat. <laughs> but it was like an expose about every food that ever was in the books, blah, 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 blah. It says that food was a specialty of hers to create splendid feasts that were enjoyed by all. Her talent would bring the whole school together in harmony. I wonder, did the house elves like hate her because she made better food than them? Mm. Like, was that in play? I don't know. That seems, that would, that'd be rough. That'd be a weird competition. I mean, she's just setting up the school. Like, we don't right. even know how many like kids are there yet. They might not so even what? have a kitchen. Yeah. It's in play. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we learn about Helga Hufflepuff. She likes that's to That's it. That's it. So then we move on to Panoma Sprout. She is, you know, the head of the house. Her birthday is listed as May 15th. That's it. No year. Just, just May 15th. Too hard to write. Four <laughs> numbers. Also, like, we know, like, based on just, like, when the book is, like, just pick a number between 1910 and, like, 1965. Just, and just put it down. It's not going to affect any of the books in any way. And, like, no one's going to go back and be like, if JK in a tweet is like, oh, yeah, Panoma Sprout was born in 1940. Someone's like, no way! She's 58 and I know it! But, but like, she'll definitely be like, oh yeah, but you know, Dumbledore was gay and all this other stuff and Nagini's a Korean woman and blah, 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 blah. Hey, editing Mike here again. One thing I just want to clarify because there has been some confusion is my ill will towards the JK Dumbledore gay reveal has nothing to do with him being revealed as gay. It has nothing to do with me thinking that he has to act a certain way in the books to be gay or that it's something that he would tell his students at Hogwarts. And I understand that these books were written in the late 90s slash mid 2000s, so media back then wasn't as good at representation as it was today. Now the problem with JK Rowling revealing it on Twitter and not doing it in any of the established media, whether it's these books or so far in the Fantastic Beast series, is that it doesn't come off as genuine. If she truly knew that he was gay all along and wanted to make this known, I think she could have just added something nice and simple, like Lupin when he explains the Grindelwald relationship, saying to Harry, oh, they had a romantic relationship, and Harry could have said, whoa, Dumbledore was gay, and then Lupin could have said, yes, sometimes people are gay, Harry, and that's okay, and Harry would have said, cool, and then they would have high-fived. Just something really quick off the cuff like that would have been really nice just to give that representation for the LGBTQ plus community, but alas, we just get a tweet. It's just not great because it looks like she's trying to be this champion of diversity, yet she still hasn't put it in any of the canon material. And maybe one of the future Fantastic Beast movies will cover this. I'm hopeful that it does. But for now, all we have is her saying these kind of things in tweets and bonus content, and it's not great. I just wanted to clarify my whole stance on that issue. Easy to reckon sexuality, hard to reckon a date. Very hard, very hard. For you. So here's some other fun facts that we learned about Panoma Sprout. Did you know that her house is Hufflepuff? I did. That was what a listed. fun fact. That was listed. You know what else we learned? And this is the only other thing we learned. Oh her skills include herbology. Good. I would I mean, hope so. Good. <laughs> good. And uh, that's it for Sprout. So cool. Mm. We then move on to Newt Scamander. You know, the guy who wrote a textbook that we're making five movies about. <laughs> His full name is Newton Artemis Fido Scamander. Fido. Yeah, you know, like a dog. <laughs> not a great, not a great name. Every other part of the name yeah, is very the, good. Yeah, it's Newton very good. Newton Artemis 
Fido. Uh, but Scamando. Yeah. So his birthday is 1987. <laughs> hard to pick a date. <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard, guys. Just one of those days. His skills so include magizoology and then Order of Merlin second class. Hmm. Oh, in 1987 is definitely not right. I apologize. That's... <laughs> I copy-pasted the wrong thing, whatever. Same joke, they listed a year, and then, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Okay, in past Mike's defense, it was 1897, which is really close. It's just a little flip of two numbers that are only one away from each other. His skills include magizoology, and it says Order of Merlin, second class. But the problem is the way that they write this on Pottermore is they just use all commas. So it looks like his skills include magizoology, Order of Merlin, and he's a second class citizen. <laughs> Oh, not great. Not great. Not, not a great look. So then this is one of the first characters uh, where they actually had a famous quote from him. So Boy. this is a quote from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them from Newt's Commander. And it says, just a smidge. You know, now I haven't seen, I haven't seen the, the, the Fantastic Beasts movies. I so, envy you. So like, so like the only thing I know about the guy is apparently he says, that's a he smidge. He says just a smidge. Just a smidge. And he has like a he has like a briefcase and there's stairs in it, right? That's a thing. Cool I saw briefcase. that in the trailer. He's got a cool briefcase, a good coat, nice bow tie, wears yeah. a bow truckle as a pocket square. There was a fun quote. So Pottermore is bad, but Daniel Radcliffe is very good. Uh, that's for sure. He's been killing it in interviews. They apparently interviewed him when the first Fantastic Beast movie was going around, and he complained about how cool Newt's Commander's coat was. Danny Radcliffe said, quote, I got jeans and a zip top for 10 years and this guy's got a coat already? <laughs> How'd he get Which that really coat? good. I did send, I did send last week Danny Radcliffe's agent an email to please be on Potterless. His, his agent replied, hey, guys, guess who we have right here? <laughs> he did write back saying like, no, he has more important <laughs> things to do. But he did say, quote, Daniel and I wish you nothing but the best. So... Daniel Radcliffe wished me nothing but the best. It's pretty sweet. Nothing but the best. So that's all we learned about Newt. But then we move on to the fat friar, you know, the house ghost. He is described as a cheerful... Also weird that there's a ghost for each house. That's just a weird fact. Mm -hmm. He's a cheerful Hufflepuff ghost who resents the fact that he was never made a cardinal in life. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so he so wait wait hold up we are about wait he was never he's made a friar yes and he wanted to become a cardinal yes so there are a bunch I'm working on something over here there are a bunch there so there's wizards yes. in the Catholic Church at try, trying to work trying to work their way up to the highest levels apparently yes. like the cardinal is like one or two steps below pope it's it's so, the step below <laughs> yeah so like what's that about i think no but i mean like does that mean like okay so there is a wizard that believes in like in christianity yes what does that mean about like jesus, jesus. is a wizard apparently. yeah what does that mean like that's weird it doesn't stop there so his skills include curing peasants of the pox, and his cause of death was execution. Something's going on here that we have not explored in these books, and it is a grand Catholic conspiracy about, and I don't know which way it breaks, but like, that's something. That's uh-huh. something that we didn't talk about enough. I went to Catholic school for a lot of years, and we never talked about wizards, but I feel like we should've. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Oh, his hobbies were also pulling rabbits out of the communion cup. 
So like instead of wrap it out of a hat. Look, so it's, it's a very it's, religious ghost. It's already not the most sanitary thing. I don't need a rabbit coming out of that thing. Like already got a bunch of people sipping out of it. Now you've added a hair. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to Nymphadora Tonks, whose parents are listed as Edward Ted Tonks, a muggle-born wizard, and Andromeda Tonks. Nay Black, which apparently means maiden name. I learned that by Googling. Uh, and then it says that her mother was the witch sister of Bellatrix and Narcissa. It says that her birthday, not listed, but her death is listed to the date, May 2nd, 1998. So like, I don't know when she was born. We know exactly when she died. I don't get it. I mean, I I just, the dates are easy. Just make the easiest part. No, it's gonna be bad. There was also a fun article about the actress who played Tonks and just a little behind the scenes of her auditioning for the role. She said that uh, before her, her hair audition, could change color, and that's why she got it. It's unbelievable. It well, you would think, because this is what she said about her preparation. I hadn't seen any of the films. I hadn't read any of the books. I didn't know what a muggle was. I walked into the room and tripped over a chair, and for some reason, I was quite loud. Later that day, her agent called and told her, Nat, it was really awful, but for some reason, they want to see you again. So then she read the books and got the job. Man, some people just fail up. Can you imagine what, like... Like the NBA draft just happened. Can you imagine going into the workout and then they're like, hey, shoot some three-pointers. And you're like, oh, I'm a football player. And then the next day they're like, you're the point guard now. Like, you're great. Welcome to you're the great. team. She says that she like was like loud and tripped over a chair. That's the only way to trip over a chair. <laughs> you can't be quiet and quietly trip over yeah. a chair. Uh, I fell on my face. There's also more about like the costume that she was going to have in the films. It says her first look, it was described as quote, weird 80s punk glamour night with pointy high heel shoes, striped tights, and a pink tutu. But, which is amazing, right? But no, Jenny Tamim felt that though the character was a bit more rebellious and lighthearted, she wanted to appear strong. So she exchanged her outfit for a pair of boots, a long coat, a hooded sweatshirt, fingerless gloves, and ripped tights. Fuck you, Jenny Tamim. I want 80s glamour night talks. Are you kidding me? That is so much better. So much better. I'm, I'm like actually very upset when I read about this. Like I wanted to learn more about Hufflepuff and be happy, be like, look at all these things I don't know. And I just got sadder and sadder. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Tonks could have been really cool. That would have been super fun. But then we move on to Cedric Diggory. And he's great. So his birthday was 1977. His hard birthday, to pick. Hard. 1977. It's hard. But his death again listed exactly to the date, June 24th, 1995. There's also a famous quote from Cedric, and it's dialogue between him and Harry Potter. So here's how the quote goes. Cedric, said Harry, the first task is dragons. What, said Cedric? <laughs> the man's- That's the quote! The man's dying words were telling Harry to get to the Porky to save his life. And that's the quote that they go, this was an important moment when Cedric Dare said what to and dragons. Work harder. It's okay because Cedric's wand was really cool. It says Cedric's wand contained a hair from a particularly fine male unicorn, which makes it more valuable, apparently, even I though get. you can't sell wands because the wand chooses the wizard, but because his unicorn was hot, it's a better wand. Yeah. That, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with that one. Yes. Also weird, I have a slide prepared. That's what Cedric's sketch for the movie was, apparently. Ooh. He's got a cool little suit and then bowling shoes? <laughs> That's good. Like, but what? <laughs> but that's Cedric. Cool. Then we learn about Hannah Abbott. Remember her? She was in Dumbledore's army for like a couple pages. Yeah. Her birthday, 1980. Her parents, all it says is her mother was murdered by Death Eaters in 1996. What a fun fact. That's her parents. 
Her skills include defensive spells, which she learned from Dumbledore's army. Her hobbies include collecting chocolate frog cards. And there's also a famous quote about Hannah Abbott. And this is about the sorting hat. And it says, quote, from McGonagall, which is awesome. When I call your name, you will put the hat on and sit in the stool to be sorted. McGonagall then said, Abbott, Hannah! <laughs> you know, because her last name started with A-B. Great, I love her. She, I mean, she's what a, what a contributing member of the, of the book series. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got about Hannah. But then we move on to Ernie McMillan, who's described as a slightly pompous Hufflepuff, who's convinced that Harry was the heir of Slytherin. His Patronus is a boar, which is pretty sweet. That's good. And here, Matata. Yeah, really good. Here are his skills. Revising, being a prefect, Not and, a skill. and getting the wrong end of the stick. According what a to Pottermore.com, an official skill of Ernie McMillan is getting fucked. Hey, you know what I'm great at? I'm gonna like just not get being lucky. Just, just unlucky. Heads or tails, Ernie? Tails. Ah, Ted. Classic ah. Ernie. Ah, <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. You would think you would think that would be a skill for Cedric Diggory. <laughs> oh. Nailed it. So. Then we move on to everyone's favorite jerk, Zachariah Smith. Here's the, oh, nope, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Here's a fun segue. Hufflepuff gets screwed in all sorts of ways. Vans made some really cool shoes. Look at these very cool Gryffindor shoes. Very cool Ravenclaw shoes. Very cool Slytherin shoes. And then I used to make vines. Uh, what are those? I want to talk. What are the, apologies to anyone who owns those shoes. They look great, but what are those? I, I, I want to talk. I typically would never buy like a branded thing, but they're like, oh yeah, some, I'm like, I like that. I legitimately like yellow. I like yellow way before Harry Potter. But like, and, and I was like, oh, some of these look really cool. And then I saw the Hufflepuff ones. I was like, they literally just took a black slip on and put the crest on it. No, no, no. That's it's yellow it. stripes in There's the stretchy yellow parts. stripes. Yeah. And the Vans logo is yellow. Ooh, very good. And very I like good. That, I like that Hufflepuff $70. <laughs> I like that Hufflepuff already gets dunked on for like not being smart or whatever. And they're like, can't give them laces. They're not going to figure that one out. It does feel, it does feel pointed. It feels particularly pointed well, out. Know, that's Hufflepuff. way too over the head. I did, my, I did mine. And I, actually, I slipped these up. I tied them, <laughs> tied them once like a year ago. But anyway, uh, here's Zachariah Smith looking very Zachariah Smith. Just looking like a guy you don't want to talk to. The best part about it, we don't learn a lot about him, but the one quote they do have is, a smug member of Dumbledore's army, and one of the first to flee at the Battle of Hogwarts. So I do like that the only thing they're like, remember that guy? He sucked. <laughs> Makes me very happy. But then we move on. Do you remember Susan Bones? Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, okay. do you wanna, you, do, I don't. Do you know what Pottermore says about Susan Bones? Not much. So we move on to Justin Flinch Fletchley, who has too many L's in his last name. And it's, all it says about him is that muggle-born Hufflepuff student who was also accepted to Eton, which is apparently a real school, even though when you Google Eton, the first result is like the school that Justin Finch Fletcher didn't go to. I mean, that's probably like because all of your Google searches. Yeah. Like, Google Google's really like, knows Google's like if, this, if it's not about Harry Potter, he does not care. So we'll yeah. just give him that result. My search history is constantly like, how old is Harry in this book? Okay, I'll edit this part out of the podcast so people don't yell at me again. But yeah, I do like that they had to clarify in the books that it was like, oh, I also got into this very fancy school, mm. but I also got accepted by the wizard school. So the decision was pretty obvious. <laughs> so that's what we learned all about the Hufflepuffs. Students. Pretty good. So to, to round it all out here, there was a, a very fun article called Why You Should Fall in Love with a Hufflepuff, which really tugged at my heartstrings because I have done so because my fiance, Kelly Beckman, in the back, 
is a Hufflepuff. So I was like, this is pretty cool. I'm also like, I'm also really relieved that like I have way less stress on this because the last live show I was on stage with Kelly and Mike and Mike accidentally the day before we told me (laughs) that when when and where Kelly were getting engaged. No, I didn't tell you. Yeah, I was. I was in the room. Kelly's and, mom called yeah. me while we were editing a podcast together in Portland to like go over details. So I just like picked up the phone and talked over stuff and then hung up. And then Eric was like, so. I, I like, like the, the context was all pretty obvious. And like the whole episode, I'm just sitting there doing the live show. I'm like, uh, like, don't, don't make a joke about that. Like, don't let that slip out. Much, much chiller this episode. Yeah, so much chiller. less stress. Yeah. So here's why you should fall in love with the Hufflepuff. There's a couple, like, headers, and those are the reasons. So the first one is they are just and loyal. Those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil. This is the quote from The Sorting Hat in one of his wonderful songs. I hate toil. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, that un- doesn't, I ain't scared of no toil. <laughs> You know me? The article goes on to say, case in point, one of the coolest characters in the wizarding world, Nymphadora Tonks, a metamorph magus with bubblegum pink hair who gave birth and then immediately fought Voldemort. Being nice doesn't mean being boring. Now, the way that they phrase this is very cool in particular, but I do like that they try to make it look very positive rather than phrasing it as gave birth to a child and then got killed 12 minutes later. <laughs> Yikes. Not a great mom? Like, not smart, Tonks. Not good. Not good. Not good. But it's, it primes us for the also, really like, good taste. Also, like just the idea of like, fall in love with this person, they'll break your heart. They might die. <laughs> like what a weird detail <laughs> to include. Then we move on to one of the headings. So it was all like reasons. It was like, they're loyal, they're nice, they're always there for you. One was just called, quote, ah, Cedric Diggory. <laughs> Which like- I mean, he's Batman now. I, yeah, I, like it is fair, but also it's just like, there was that one hot, really nice guy. So the whole house is good. <laughs> But the <laughs> case in point. <laughs> hey, editing Mike here again. This was Eric making a very dramatic eh, eh, look at me, look at me kind of pose, which everyone caught on to and then laughed about. It goes on. the The beginning of this section compares him to Cormac McLaggen, which is like really weird to be like. It'd be like, yeah, ice cream's a great food, so much better than drinking spoiled milk. Like, <laughs> Cormac McLaggen exists to suck. Like that's his whole purpose of being in the book is to be bad. So anyway, they start with a comparison to him, but then it goes on to say that he was humble and kind and plenty of others notice his good qualities. Angelina Johnson called him quote, that tall, good looking one, (laughs) which I mean, fair. Also like what a brave, what have you said, what? (laughs) (laughs) The next section is called Hufflepuffs won't turn into a dark wizard after a bad breakup. But at other times they might, so. <laughs> the first line, which I can only be assumed was written by a Cosmopolitan magazine says, quote, ever been through a rough breakup where the other person turns into a total dementor? <laughs> like, would anyone be like, oh yeah, that's my ex-boyfriend Cedric. He just sucks the soul out of people now. Ugh, he's such a drag. Can't stand him. But then it goes on to say that Hufflepuffs have the fewest dark wizards of any house. Yes. Which is true, but aren't they also tied for the fewest? Like, are there any dark Ravenclaws? I don't think so. Like, did any turn bad? Did I miss it? I guess, I guess, what? Oh, he was a Ravenclaw? Mm-hmm. See, was he bad or just like really dumb and went to Albania? <laughs> like, was that on him? <laughs> yeah. So then the final note to end this segment on is to say that they're accepting of everyone. And there's a lot of quotes there from 
Helga Hufflepuff and the sorting hat and all of this stuff, which I think is like a really sweet moment because it goes on to say that like Helga Hufflepuff, when she was choosing her house, she chose to take all the rest. And I know that some people make fun of the exact phrasing of like, I'll deal with the lot. Cause some people be like, oh, I'll just take the leftovers. And that's not what it is. What it really means is all of these three other people have picked very specific people that they want to teach, which is like not cool. Or Griffin was like, I want the brave people. And Ravenclaw's, I want the smart people. Slytherin's like, I want the racists. And, like, and then Hufflepuff is like, okay. I'll take everyone else and then her quote is and treat them all the same. So she's like, you wild people can like be very specific. I'll just like treat everyone equally like we all probably should have done. So like, shout out to Helga Hufflepuff. Yeah. Like the only good Hogwarts founder, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Yes, well, thank you, Eric, so much for joining me thank for this you. segment. Thank you. Give it up for Eric, everybody. So. I have one more thing that I need to discuss. Ah, maybe in the past you only had one thing left to discuss, past Mike, but in the present, you need to take a little break first for Wingardium at Ridosa. Today's episode of Powderless is brought to you by HoneyBook. Let's say hypothetically that you are performing a live show for your independent audio collective, and there's a lot of administrative tasks to take care of, from the contracts with the venue, to the contracts with the booking agency, to the merchandise that you're ordering, to the comp ticket list that you're running, to all of the people that you're doing outreach to for press, to the photographer that you need to pay invoices to. There's a lot of things that aren't fun that are taking away from your fun experience of performing live podcasts in front of people that love your stuff stuff. Well, you want to make that not fun stuff as easy and simple to go through as possible so you can get to the good stuff. And that's where HoneyBook comes in. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, invoices, all in one place. HoneyBook really makes it simple to run your business better. I've used HoneyBook for some Potterless administrative tasks, and it's so nice to keep everything all in one place, especially because you can integrate and consolidate services that you already use. Things like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, MailChimp, Gmail. These can all be put into your HoneyBook dashboard and it's all in one place and you don't have to have six different tabs open. It's super simple. And that's why HoneyBook is the number one choice for client and business management for freelancers and business owners. It'll save you time so that you can do more of what you love with HoneyBook and you can get a sweet deal as a Potterless listener on HoneyBook. You can get 50% off your first year your first year if you go to tryhoneybook.com slash Potterless. Payment is flexible, and the promotion applies whether you're doing the monthly or the annual payment service. Again, go to tryhoneybook.com slash Potterless to get 50% off your first year. Again, tryhoneybook.com slash Potterless. Get 50% off your first year, and make sure all of the boring stuff for your podcast live show gets out of the way smoothly today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the market 
Marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are. So it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want. And then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me. And then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get right 10% you can off get, your first purchase right now, by going to arenaclub.com Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Wow. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash potterless for 10% off your first purchase. That's a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyway, that's Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I have one more thing that I need to discuss and I need to move around a little bit. So I had to grab the wireless microphone. One thing that I talked on a little bit is that the narrator is just unnecessarily mean to Hufflepuff again and again and again. And as I pointed out just there and throughout, like Hufflepuff deserves more love. And I think it's completely unfair how the way they are treated. So I have put together a educational but funny slideshow presentation about all of the times in which the Hufflepuff house was dunked on unnecessarily by the narrator. Since it is a comedic educational thing, I'm calling it my Fred talk. So to help me out with my Fred talk, I need to bring someone who can help with like being mean to people for no good reason. So I'm gonna bring up resident Slytherin, Julia Shafini. <laughs> We're just gonna go over some of the quotes. I've picked out four quotes that are incredibly savage and unnecessary from the narrator. So, Julie, would you please? Uh... You ready? Yes. The complexity or otherwise of the entrance to the common rooms might be said to give a very rough idea of the intellectual reputation of each house. Hufflepuff has an unchanging portal and requires rhythmic tapping. So, this is from Pottermore.com. And Pottermore saying that, you know, the passwords for each house, you can equate it to the intelligence of each house. So Ravenclaw, you have these unnecessary bullshit questions that are like, what is the most powerful defense spell? And then the answer is like, not being in danger in the first place. And then the eagle is like, very good. Is and the then, Raven John Mulaney? <laughs> and then the, uh, the Gryffindor, like, it's a password that changes every single time and it's random words. And then Slytherin, you have to, like, say a different racial slur every week, whatever. <laughs> but, but Hufflepuff never changes, which is not a great sign for a password. And it's a rhythmic tapping to the beat of Helga Hufflepuff. So that's five syllables. 
So you're basically doing the equivalent of like Helga Hufflepuff. Their password's the fucking clapper. <laughs> and it never changes. So like anyone could just be like, hey, let's go in Hufflepuff and like turn all of the furniture upside down. Yeah. And then just leave because the password never changes. So like, why would they go out of their way to be like, yes, Hufflepuff has this easy as hell password. And by the way, that means they're dumb. <laughs> awful, 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 awful. So could we uh, go to the next slide? Since talked about you, of course, said Amos Diggory, told us all about playing against you last year. I said to him, I said, said, that'll be something to tell your grandchildren that will. You beat Harry Potter. So if you recall, this takes place in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Amos Diggory, a grown man, is making fun of Harry Potter, a 14-year-old boy. (laughs) Making fun of him because one time he lost a regular season Quidditch match in school to his son. I don't know if you remember what happened in that Quidditch match, but Harry got, oh, you know, knocked out by Dementors. Cause you know, the school is just like, oh, they're attacking the Quidditch pitch. Nah, <laughs> let's see what happens. Quidditch shows down for anyone. <laughs> no, we'll just leave it. And then they won the game. I don't know if you've ever read the rules of Quidditch. I've, I've read them in Quidditch throughout the ages. Uh, you literally can't win the game if you don't have a seeker. It is impossible to win the game unless you do the crumb shit. And the team is dumb and is like, we're losing. What if we grab the snitch? (laughs) But Cedric's dad is like, you're gonna tell your grandkids about this, this regular season Quidditch match. You're gonna tell this tale for years to come. Awful. Next quote, please. It was plain that the Hufflepuffs felt that Harry had stolen their champion's glory, a feeling exacerbated perhaps by the fact that Hufflepuff House rarely got any glory and that Cedric was one of the few who had ever given them any, having defeated Gryffindor, once in Quidditch. So J.K. Rowling wrote this about a house that in many ways is her favorite. That first sentence is fine. You know what's unnecessary? The fucking rest! It's like, ah, yes, they felt bad because they were taking the glory. How about I go out of my way to let them know that they haven't had glory for some time? And the only good thing that's happened to them recently is they won a regular season Quidditch match when Harry got passed out that one time. I don't know how many years this goes back, but that's saying like at least in four years, the best time was like, we won that Quidditch match once. And that was the best thing that happened in the past four years. Now you think four years is bad. Wait till the final quote. I've purposely put these in order of savageness. He stepped over the spider's tangled legs to join Harry who stared at him. Cedric was serious. He was walking away from the sort of glory Hufflepuff house hadn't had in centuries. I don't know if you see the last word there, centuries, with an S. It means more than a hundred years. Like at least 200 years. When did you get a pointer? From the thing? <laughs> Fantastic. So we're talking about a house that has been around for however many years. Nothing is good. Nothing good has happened to them in multiple centuries. JK, who is apparently in love with this house and thinks everything is great and doesn't need to do this, is like, you know what hasn't happened to Hufflepuff? Nothing's good happened. How long has it been? Over 200 years. It's wild, it's ridiculous, it's completely unnecessary. There are different ways to write these passages. And here's the thing, and I'll close out with this. J.K. Rowling, you write the books. You're allowed to do whatever you want. You can make us go into the Hufflepuff common room. You can give us more fun facts about Hufflepuffs. You can tell us more and not just give us a good character and then kill him half a book later. You can give us more and you can do more. You don't need to go out of your way to dunk on the books. I don't know what Hufflepuff ever did to you. You made them. So I don't know like if they've wronged you in a past life, but if you're gonna go on and in all these interviews do these retcons and you're gonna say that in many ways, Hufflepuff is your favorite house, you gotta prove it 
and you gotta act like it. And whether you come on Potterless to talk about it or something. <laughs> if you are gonna say that Hufflepuff is your favorite house in many ways, you need to act like it and you need to stick to your fucking words because Hufflepuff deserves better. <laughs> and that's my friend talk. If you're at home thinking, oh man, I wish I could have gone to the Multitude live show so I could have interacted with Shubes, well, you can on social media. I try to respond to as many things as I can, so hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, email, Instagram, whatever it is, you can find me on social media and I will do my best to talk to you there as long as I see the message. Potterless was created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Klaus Lopu, Frank Chioto, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Abita Med, Rosemary Dodge, Maria Lisa Sikin, Romina Rivadanira, Kumail Dock, Russell Dunk, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Rosa and Batamana, Nikita Power, Taylor Armstead, Ali Madsen, Amelia Krauss, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orchid Grower, Vivian, the Owl, Takaria Ront, Haley Hastings, Moster, Angelina Withard, Ross Marie Heise, Alex Bisholta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Grace Riggles, Raul Pineda, Ingen Odstadter, Mari Wynn, Alex Consolver, John Kotker, Noel Basile, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Robin Fernandez, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enslin, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donifon, Ali Cap 29, Hallie Bowen, Veronica Bartova, Kevin Harnoy, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Marklu, Friday J. Svedson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latchaw, Summer Rathel, Heather Fleischman, Vera Coltham, Carrie D. Bagson, Andrea Crock, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Surujan Thanmegupta, Netta Atabani, Tumnus Moran, Remy Fontaine, Matt Sferly, Sarah Shecker, Nona VM, Zena Rosnowski, Colleen Mage, Harlan Haskins, Sheldarb, Noelia, Addy, Brian, Jenny Campione, Nikki Harris, Cara Hamilton, Dorcas, Courtney Hemwood, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Sabrina, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Plackey, Martha Madueno, Benjamin Desmond, Skymart Six, Sarah Shetter, Peter Vostanak, Marta Morrison, Stephanie Magnuson, Justine Wade, Aaron Richter, CJ Ochoko, Eileen Gazesh, Violet Sullivan, Kat Yowell, Lindsay Towning, Fielding Lee, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Heather McMillan, Adam Bryan, Christina Walton, Maya, Zachary Davis, Kieran, Heaven, Callahan, Andaris, Christy, Lily Leader, Williams, Wire Warrior, 4976, Floor Sake, Sarah Scarsfjord, Georgia, Vilay Donner, Itzel Aime Ayala, Mitch Williams, Al Vega, Peter Wyckoff, Candy Kane, Skyla Lily, Adele Ryan, Professor Threat, Kelsey Ulesian, Ellie Hoskovchova, Kelly Maynard, Luban Maleo, Akinwande, Lena Karen, Daniel Fulkerson, Rebecca Todd, Lee Lily, Elizabeth Christofferson, Abby, Lika Faccio, Michael David Yordi, Nice Earmuffs Potter, Did Your Mum Make Them For You, Cara Hoyer, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Otilio, Nadia Vansgard, Andrea, Courtney Telfer, Galactic Sparkle Cat, Carrie Crumpler, Jamie Kingston, Lissy, Camilo Garcia, Connie Bienkowski, Janet Noel Dettilli, Mary Matille, Imo Sarah, Jennifer Went, Mylan Ilstad Johansson, Anastasia Blake, Jaden Allman, Nedry OS, Matt Barger, Riley Lane, Ali Huser, and Kerry Potter. Web design by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campomanas. If you want to find us on social media, you can go to Facebook.com slash Potterless, Twitter.com slash Potterless Pod, Instagram.com slash Potterless Podcast, or Reddit.com slash R slash Potterless. All information about the show lives at PotterlessPodcast.com. Bonus content lives at Patreon.com slash Potterless, and merch lives at bit.ly slash merch on. If you want to tell someone about the show or rate and review the show, that helps so much. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on!